Welcome to Pop Culture Rx, part of Hackensack Meridian Health's award-winning podcast. Pop Culture Rx is where we sit down with a medical expert and talk through various health-related topics circulating in today's media. In our discussions, you'll hear from a variety of professionals sharing insight and advice on these newsworthy conditions. This is Pop Culture Rx. After years of confusing ups and downs, actress Chyler Lee, a.k.a. Lexi Gray from Grey's Anatomy, received a diagnosis of bipolar disorder 10 years ago. However, only recently has she chosen to talk about it publicly. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, an estimated 7 million Americans live with bipolar disorder, including both Lee and her mother. It's safe to say most people have a general idea of what bipolar disorder is, Movies and TV shows like Silver Linings Playbook, Homeland, and Shameless all feature bipolar characters, and many celebs have been pretty open about their diagnosis. But still, bipolar disorder is often misunderstood, and sometimes people can go years before they are properly diagnosed. Today, I'm here with Dr. Eric Alcera, Network Medical Director of Behavioral Health Services here at Hackensack Meridian Health. Thanks for being with us, Dr. Alcera. It's a pleasure to be here. Before we dive into bipolar disorder, I wanted to ask, what made you choose your career in behavioral health? So I'm a son of a psychiatrist, so I happen to be in the field uh, at an early age. So behavioral health has been something that's been near and dear to my heart. I find it very rewarding, and it's really my passion, so I really enjoy doing what I do. So you're a family of doctors. I have a younger brother also who happens to be a psychiatrist. So yes, I'm a family of doctors. Yeah. So diving in, Lee was diagnosed with bipolar disorder two. Are there different types of bipolar disorder? Obviously, because this is two. It's a great question. So bipolar disorder comes in many flavors. Um, Your typical bipolar you see is bipolar disorder type 1, which is described as having what they call manic and depressive symptoms. And simply, those are symptoms where you have depressed symptoms of like feeling down, not getting out of bed, and then it could be mixed with what they call a manic symptom. And that's a little bit harder to sort of pick up on. Manic symptoms are described as having high levels of mood, high levels of energy, and certain activities that you would normally not do if you're having that manic episode. There's other diagnoses like bipolar 2 that Chyler Lee has, and that's a combination of having manic and depressive episodes, but they don't meet the level of full mania, and they don't meet the full level of depressive episodes. So it's a little bit less in terms of extreme symptomatology, but it certainly creates enough uh, distress that can cause dysfunction within a person. So it's a little less intense than type 1. Correct. So you mentioned mania and depression. How can you tell the difference of mania versus just being really happy or excited? So again, that's another great question. It's one of the hardest things sort of to pick up on if you're really not a specialist in this. Being happy and elated have some similarities where you can be have a happy mood, you could be sort of jubilant, but it doesn't come with the manic symptoms that create the dysfunction within a patient. So typical features you would see in a manic episode would be being up for days on end, not really having enough sleep, but that really doesn't create any 
form of fatigue. You actually have high levels of energy where you're sort of awake and you're and you're doing things that you wouldn't typically do. Things like writing um, incessantly, talking on the phone incessantly, even having um, activities like buying sprees or even increased sexual activity, which typically wouldn't be a common behavior for you if you weren't in that manic episode. But that's what typically happens in terms of how you distinguish between the two in terms of mania and, and being just overall happy. One is that you have dysfunction and the other one is that you're functional. So let's dive into depression. How do you know if it's depression versus just being really upset about something? So really the key factor is about function. If you're depression, you're not going to, if, if you're depressed, you're not going to be able to do the things that you normally can do. So not being able to get out of bed, not being able to go to work, not being able to go to school, um, not paying your bills, not taking care of yourself. Those are really common symptoms, and they happen in dis a discrete period of time for about two weeks, uh, which is the clinical diagnosis of it. But being just sort of upset, typically those symptoms sort of come and go. Uh, once the stressor happens and or the cause of what makes you sad um, sort of goes away, the symptoms should go away. With depression, it tends to linger a little bit. How are we able to even spot bipolar disorder given these different mood swings? Is there anything else that we could kind of symptomatically say, oh, this person has bipolar disorder? It's really challenging, to be honest. Um, unless you're really a professional, it's typical, really tip difficult to sort of pick up on. Um, oftentimes, what we see is we see changes in personality, things that aren't often what we typically see in in our friends or our family members. You know, sometimes you can chalk it up to certain stressors. Sometimes you can talk it up to um, other external factors that create these symptoms. But the reality is that when you have a cluster of symptoms that are specific to either depression or mania, that's when you could sort of pick it up. And again, the most important thing that you want to look for are, again, the three things that I talked about, your mood, your energy level, and your activity. When those become extreme, whether they become to the manic extreme where you're happy, energetic, um, no appetite, just sort of really above and beyond what your normal activity level is, uh, that should be a concern and a red flag for you to go seek some assistance. Or if they get on the depressed side, which is uh, no energy, low mood, and just sort of not feeling right, that would be one of the another reason to sort of seek help as well. I'm low-key in the back of my brain diagnosing all of my family members right now. <laughs> that often happens. Yeah. <laughs> so Chyler Lee experienced these symptoms of bipolar disorder when she was only 12 years old. That's so young. Is it normal to experience symptoms this young? So it depends. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, genetic factors and environmental factors. Right now, we don't really know what the specific cause of bipolar disorder is, but the reality is that there are some things that we could sort of gain from doing an interview, a structured interview, that can give us uh, more information to sort of lean of whether or not it's a bipolar disorder. Typically, though, bipolar disorder tends to happen in late teens and early 20s. So in Tyler's case, having a diagnosis of bipolar disorder is more on the lower end in, in terms of scale. But a it is possible. Juvenile bipolar disorder and adolescent bipolar disorder is prevalent. It's just to a lesser degree. And it's great that she picked it up early so that she can manage it and treat it. Speaking of treatments, what are some treatments that either Chyler Lee or others could seek to kind of help them through this? So there's a lot of treatments for bipolar disorder. You know, bipolar disorder is a, a diagnosis of a lifetime. It's not something that sort of you can cure. Um, think of it in the realm of diabetes. It's just something sort of managed and you make sure that you give enough treatment to make sure that the symptoms stay within check. That's a good analogy to sort of 
tell family members because some people think like we, we're just going to do treatment once the symptoms go away um, then we're fine we don't have to do treatment an anymore but the reality is that bipolar disorder is cyclical so they're going to have periods of depression mixed with periods of of mania and during those times you have to continue with treatment which includes things like medications psychotherapy and of course the gold standard which is doing both making sure that you're getting you're managing your stress you're you're being um monitored by your therapist and the people that are taking care of you so that if you start going into these extremes of mania or depression they can be picked up really early and then informed of your other treatment providers to adjust medications and treatment so that it fits your needs and I'm sure you're probably constantly adjusting and telling patients, you know, to continue on their medications and things like that because you might feel fine for a period of time. I'll tell you, most people don't really seek treatment when they're manic. They often seek treatment when they're depressed. Patients tend to be sort of the life of the party. They enjoy being manic. They, you know, it's, it's a nice feeling to sort of be elated um, and, and having a lot of energy. You know, people sort of would love to have that that don't have bipolar yeah. disorder. <laughs> so having that sort of energy is, would be very challenging to just say, oh, I have to seek treatment. But those that have a diagnosis of bipolar disorder understand what those symptoms are and really have the information that's necessary once they get to that point then they have to realize that you know do i need to go get to my psychiatrist to get my medications checked should i check in a little bit more frequently to go see my therapist to make sure that i'm managing stress and sleep well so those are important things to sort of recognize and of course including family members and friends is going to be another way of sort of helping you understand that you're sort of maybe going off into that direction both Chyler and her mother had bipolar disorder. Is this genetic? Typically, yes. So a lot of the studies are, are suggesting that bipolar disorder is a genetic disorder. Um, it is still unclear which specific gene it is, but we know from a, from a transmittal or a genetic transmission of disease that typically if a, you have a family member or a parent that has bipolar disorder, your risks are much higher than those that don't have a parent with bipolar disorder. Is there a way where people could be screened, kind of like the BRCA gene, to be screened for breast cancer? So it's great. Genetics really playing a big role in psychiatry these days. Uh, unfortunately, there's no genetic test right now to sort of predict whether or not you are at risk for bipolar disorder. Right now, this, this gold standard is doing a pretty structured interview to make sure that, you know, you do a thorough family history. And if that parent or, you know, family member happens to have bipolar disorder, then a discussion can occur in terms of what your risks are depending on where you are in terms of, you know, stages of life, your age, your job, you know, and, and other risk factors that are involved. Now, how can we support our friends and loved ones? You mentioned, you know, a lot of times that this is genetic and that your friends and loved ones could actually have bipolar disorder. How can we support those who have it? I certainly recommend making sure that any family and friends that have a, a loved one that has bipolar disorder seek support. Again, this is a diagnosis that's a lifetime diagnosis. So having uh, them have the knowledge just as much as the patient has is going to be essential for the treatment and the well-being of the patient. So making sure that they have support groups, you know, maybe they can go and visit the therapist and the doctor when they go to their treatment just to get as much information as possible. There's a lot of information um, online, in particular the National Institute of Mental Health has a specific website for bipolar disorder, and it's a great resource for family and friends to sort of just get general information, but really you wanna tailor it to the person in, uh, that that's suffering from it. They know them best, they understand their behavior, so if they understand when they deviate from that behavior, then they can be a great resource in terms of making sure that they get help and the assistance that they need. 
I have one more thing. Is there anything else you'd like to add to today's conversation? Recently, uh, a lot of, you know, high profile people have been talking about their mental illness. And I think it really helps in terms of playing down the stigma. Um, I wish more people did it because the more we talk about it, the more open it is and the more comfortable people will seek help and treatment. And in this day of age, you know, with a lot of stress and what's going on in the world, I would really hope that, you know, people seek treatment when they need to. Thank you so much for talking today, Dr. Alcera. Thank you very much. If you have a topic you'd like for us to cover, submit your ideas on hmh4u.org backslash podcast. Your suggestion could be included in the You Asked For It special episodes. That's all for today. Until next Wednesday, thanks for listening. The material provided through this Help You podcast is intended to be used as general information only and should not replace the advice of your physician. Always consult your physician for individual care.